Britain's finance minister, Kwasi Kwarteng, had little reason to smile. Just over a month on the job, he's been fired, sending the pound plummeting against the dollar, raising inflation, and bringing fears of a recession. Two months ago, the British government released a growth plan that talked about tax cuts worth about $45 billion. Now, the British pound has fallen to its lowest level ever against the US dollar. That led to a series of events that culminated in Listras going into the history books as the shortest-term prime minister in the UK. What credibility do you have to continue government? How come you get to stay? Will you apologise to your party? Things are not really looking good for the UK economy with interest rate hikes and soaring inflation. Add to that the nosedive in the value of the sterling pound. A frosty reception by the markets to the British government's announcement last week it will cut taxes and hugely increase the amount it borrows. The pound has fallen against the dollar by around 20% since the start of the year. And inflation is at 9.3% as of November 2022. With the inflation and with a weak productivity record and a decline in investment, the UK economy is in what we call a stagflation state. So how did this happen? Today on Things Have Changed podcast, we're going to talk about how the pound sterling is getting pounded. If you had known how important the technology economy was 20 years ago, would you have done things differently? The internet, cell phones, the cloud, and data. Things have changed, and we're here to talk about it. Hi, I'm Jed. Hi, I'm Shikhar. Welcome to Things Have Changed, your new economics and technology podcast. Like, I used to worship, worship Tesla. I loved oh, the brand. I loved everything they, they stood for. And ah, the brand destruction happening in real time is ridiculous when you think about it. I was just thinking about things that, you know, you considered valuable previously. And now you think, ah, you know what? It's not that valuable anymore. And I think with regards to even branding, right? I think the UK has kind of lost that. Long time coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't realize this when we were kind of reading up on the UK's economy. It's been a low growth economy for a long time, 20, 25 years. Yeah. The brand is suffering. The UK brand is suffering and, and the pound with it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in, in some in some sense, it's it's not entirely a surprise, right? Because as you were talking about earlier, the slow growth is has has been something that's been kind of associated with the UK for the last three decades, as you were chatting about. So it's kind of not a surprise to me that this would have happened in the future. It was just kind of like with the entire world on this inflationary problem, right? And how monetary policy is reacting to the inflation um, problem that we're having around the world. It's quite similar across countries, right? Central banks are increasing rates. That is something that, you know, has been long understood as a tool against inflation, right? Rising rising interest rates. And so with rising interest rates, you'd expect, dang, if a country, if a central bank rises, it raises it, is its interest rate, the likely reaction will be that people want to park, people want to park their money there, right? 
Yeah. And so, yeah. and the reason for that is that you you have high rates, then the return for your bonds are going to be much uh, worth much more. You know, your returns are going to go up for these yeah. bonds. And so you'd expect high rates. All right, um, a lot of money is going to be parked in this country, and that's what happened in the U.S. Our last episode, yeah. we chatted about it. Look, the interest rates are rising in the U.S. People want to park their money here. In times of uncertainty and recession, people park park their money in the U.S. Um, it's yeah. kind of the reserve currency, right? So people feel safe with it. I haven't seen it in my savings account yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, hint, hint, JP Morgan, please raise it. I'm waiting for your. You're with guidance. the wrong bank, buddy. Jamie, you're with the wrong Jamie, bank. Jamie, Jamie <laughs> no, 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 no. You're. We are open. <laughs> and we speak only positively about the biggest bank in the world because, hey, sponsorship money. We don't have, we, need we it. are we just need it. Uh, yeah. kind of thirsty for it. <laughs> I wish, I wish. Um, and, you know, as as this is a tool to kind of defeat inflation, well, the existing problem of inflation is already a problem for everybody in the country, right? So the high the price hikes for everything else, food, um, groceries, energy in Europe. Oh my God, especially energy, right? It's already in distress. It was hard, right? Because all the Russia crisis, energy has a big impact. Also the heating costs uh, during winter. So there was a lot of like this anxiety, uh, tension as to what's going to be the cost of electricity come this winter if inflation is already so high and we haven't, everything is basically uh, imported. Yeah, no, agreed. And, you know, that's that's the nature of the, the UK government and the UK economy. So it's kind of, it sucks to see all this stuff happen. And you know what didn't help? Is that little mini budget that was introduced by <laughs> yeah, yeah. the shortest term PM. That the UK has ever had. Okay, that's the only way really to to think about it. It's such a crazy times that we live in. Because as we were talking about, like brand dilution, right? The UK government hasn't been doing a great job about you know having a good brand because of what's happening politically. Because another one of the factors of um, your brand diluting for a currency is that your political climate isn't too stable. That's why you don't see a lot of investors park their money in unstable states, right? States that could, (laughs) states that could, could fall into, you know, certain political chaos that would affect everybody's money. And so investors see political stability as uh, kind of like a really good sign for parking their money in a country. And it's so crazy how this new agenda that was, you know, released, I think, gosh, was that September of this year, um, affected the way the international markets and foreign investors saw the UK. And you saw that reflect by everybody kind of having this huge market sell-off for bonds, nonetheless. A place where you'd think like security, um, the security of, of it being a government bond would affect the way people view it. But it seems it hasn't been the case for the UK especially because of this uh, reaction to what, what the government had done. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, I, I'd mentioned earlier that um, UK has been predominantly low growth over the last like two, three decades, right? 
Uh, yeah. So the premise over here is, okay, how do we jumpstart this UK sluggish economy, right? Yeah. Um, and low growth has been what the UK economy has been for such a long time, right? Productivity is low, wages are stagnant. Um, you know, it's a concern. And so I guess the premise was right. Um, the focus on growth agenda was right. How they did it, the channel that they used um, was probably the worst thing they could do. Where, um, <laughs> you know, they, yeah. like she, Listras kind of uh, promised to boost growth and get the country producing within the country again, right? Uh, I'd also mentioned that the UK is a net importer. And that's going to play a big role in what we speak in in a couple of minutes as well. Um, so they wanted to focus on growth, but how did they do it, Jed? Is that what we consider the probably the worst way to focus on growth, as we <laughs> learned in the U, in the US in the sixties and the seventies? I mean, honestly, it's not. If you try to explain it to somebody who who kind of has seen some history economic history in the US it's not so far away from a strategy you might come up with cutting taxes might uh incentivize the economy to spend more cuz people feel richer that's the general idea behind this agenda right you cut taxes uh the people are going to spend more on the economy because they feel suddenly richer you know think about if you didn't have to pay for the ridiculous federal taxes we have in the US you know so much more stuff you can buy with that so the general premise behind it kind of worked on the on the general sense that if you cut taxes, people will spend more. Um, but cut taxes for whom, though? <laughs> that's the big thing, right? So, dude, this is one of the things that you know I didn't I didn't include in the notes, but I was watching uh, this video where the IMF made a statement um, that they were concerned about the UK, dude. Do you have any idea who the IMF talks about on a regular basis? Emerging economies. You know? It's <laughs> yeah. crazy that the IMF mentioned the UK and was like, by the way, there's some political instability in the UK right now, and we're not sure about their decisions not good. for this recent not new good. budget. It's not a good sign, right? So it, Yeah, it's, add it's, to that the Queen also passing away. So Dude, yeah, tough time. everything just <laughs> coincided Happened. with her. The pound her is, the end, is diving. Queen's dead. Listras yeah. resigning. Yeah, it was a mess. A lot of things happened. I guess that's one of the things that could have probably triggered <laughs> the pound getting more pounded. You know, the queen also passed away during this time. It's it's just kind of a ridiculous time um, in the UK in in general. You know, but yeah, that's that's the general premise behind you know why they thought this was the case, and also to add to that, you know, you're cutting forty five billion dollars uh, worth of of tax revenue that the government would have been making from these taxes, right? And so yeah. this was also a concern because it was unfunded. Uh, the thought was that the government would be borrowing money for its uh, recent spending agenda, right? Which is also not a great sign because as we talked about in the intro. It's way more expensive for the British government to borrow money now than before. Last year, they're paying seven point seven percent for a ten-year. You know, this year they're going to borrow money. It's going to be three point five percent, right? So that is a significant yeah, increase in the cost of borrowing for the UK government, and you know that being the source of funding 
of Liz Truss's plan. I felt like everybody was like, oh shit, what the hell are we going to do about this, right? What are we going to do about yeah, this all, yeah. all this money? And so that shift, you know, when the new PM had, had come in and the shift to, hey, adding taxes now, um, which is going to be the basis of funding for all these, you know, these energy projects, these um, fiscal stimulation plans, that kind of provided a little bit of comfort. Even if it didn't completely reverse the plan, it provided a little bit of comfort uh, for international investors so that the pension market, the mor- mortgage market, wasn't going to completely collapse immediately. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, shout that out was, to the brown person who, who leads the UK now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, usually when a, company, when a company needs, uh, needs some stability, needs some uh, just a level-headed person, right google hired a brown person okay hired a brown person (laughs) let's go brown people Uh, i I got sidetracked so usually the market loves tax cuts if in the u.s biden tomorrow just woke up and said you know what tax cuts guys uh the market would giga moon you would see uh you know sofi and all those uh, stocks that just have gotten hammered like go up 400% a day because that's how much investors in the US in US equities they love, love tax yeah. cuts yeah. but the biggest thing over here was it was unfunded so they were like hey this is coming from the government you know it's like a credit card <laughs> bank balances ultimately the government coffers so this was unfunded so investors were like anxious and nervous and uh, hated it that was one of the big, big reasons why the pound just had such a drastic fall, which kind of adds to the inflation problem, right? The, you, when your currency yeah. loses value, and if you're a net importer, everything becomes more expensive. UK is a net importer for food, for energy, for manufactured goods. So if the pound kind of weakens against the dollar and everything like we spoke in the last episode, everything's bought in dollars, then everything becomes more expensive. And it adds to the inflation. So it was such, it's kind of like very tough to be like policymakers in the UK because you have this cycle where how do you stop this cycle? How do you stop the bleeding? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really difficult to imagine like the the quadruple whammy of things that's going on in the UK um right now and yeah you're right the the right now the climate in the uk with regards to the economy has been so unstable that there was also a pension fund scare during this period and it's kind of interesting you're talking about how it's losing credibility and the sterling is just taking a hit um right now the pension fund scare is probably one of the biggest things that older the older generation of, of uh, British people are worrying about is because in the last few years, as you were mentioning, this really slow growth, right, in the UK, the pension funds have had to get more little, a little more uh, creative. And so the types of stuff that they've been investing in are these derivative products, which I don't understand. I don't want to claim to understand these derivative products, all right? They're called LDIs, okay? And you know when derivatives get involved, especially if you listen to this show, shit gets a little little bit crazier. If things get a little more financialized, especially with these like very vanilla, supposedly vanilla products, it's going to get a little 
a little bad in the markets. And that's exactly what happened this time because what they've financialized is a government bond, right? And so all of these financial products involved government bonds. So when shit kind of turned around and the British pound, the sterling pound, reduced its its uh, dominance and had a really bad PR thing happen to them. There was a sell-off that happened with these government bonds that were associated, of course, with the pound sterling. And when this sell-off happened, these pension funds had to sell off their positions with government bonds in the UK. And this sell-off obviously just made it worse. And so there was this whole issue where um, the pension market was about to blow up. So what did um, the central bank have to do to stop the bleeding? As you were talking about earlier, how do we stop the bleeding? They had to commit to buying, I think it was $6 billion worth of um, of government bonds, right? And you know, this is just one of the other drastic moves that had to happen. The UK, uh, you know, you have the bank and then you have the government. And they seemed like they were moving in different directions. Like um, <laughs> there's a good metaphor that was used where the bank was trying to press the brakes because inflation is high. So raise interest rates, right? You want to contain inflation. But on the other hand, Liz Truss and her government are pushing the accelerator by announcing this huge stimulus, right? So that that whole um, mismatch of what was happening and what needed to be done to contain this runaway inflation didn't make sense and, again, further diluted the, yeah. the currency. Now, what is – you mentioned uh, the pension funds, right? There was a big thing yeah. also with the mortgages, and, you know, the one thing I noticed, so my my sister lives out there, and uh, when she was looking at um, mortgages, right, um, mortgage rates and, and stuff like that, I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow, you're getting 2%, 3%? In the US, it's like 6 now. Yeah. And then when I read the disclaimer, it's like, oh, these are all variable for five years, 10 years. So the UK does not have a 30-year fixed <laughs> like the US because of this huge stimulus. And now the bank has to do even more to contain this inflation. Homeowners were very, very scared that their, uh, their uh, mortgage rates would increase. And since a lot of the mortgages out there in the UK are variable rate, those rates that they paid if the five years, you know, say they take a five-year term for 2%, they got it in yeah. 2017, and now it's 2022, and it's coming to an end, and suddenly their interest goes from 2% to 6 Now, can a homeowner just suddenly be able to get that money, like that extra 500,000 pounds for their monthly mortgage? It is really hard. Right with productivity stalling, wages stalling, that's a hard, you know, mix. <laughs> so what was interesting was uh, people started freaking out that their mortgage costs would go through the roof, and they blame the PM for this. I think that's usually the case. They'll blame the government for any increase in costs. You know. Yeah, for sure. But what's interesting here is 
the conservatives out there in UK are the Tories. And the Tories are largely considered the party for homeowners. So the, the, the writing was on the wall that if the homeowners are now pissed with the, the head of the state, that means you're done. Your biggest supporters are done with you. Yeah. And that kind of yeah. caused, you know, a big, big shakeup and she had to resign. Yeah, no, it's it's no easy feat when your mortgage increases. I mean, like we were talking about in the last year, right? Our mortgage rates increased at an ex- extremely fast pace. Yeah. yeah. Just four months before I got my mortgage, I could have gotten like a 2.8, 2.9% mortgage rate. I just waited three, four months after and I had to pay a 5.25% mortgage rate. You know, Mortgage rates all over the world were increasing because of the scare of the increase of the interest rates. But, you know, that is a lot more material in some places, like Shaker was talking about, with less of a term of a mortgage that um, they're given out there. So, yes, absolutely crazy what happened also with the mortgage market because of this reaction. And, you know, just the quadruple whammy of things going on. But, you know, I'm trying to think about how people can actually benefit from such a crisis going on in their own country. And it's hard. I I kind of think there's not a lot of options that you have because the markets everywhere have been kind of swinging. So it's hard to to say that there are certain places where you can park your money that nothing will happen to it. But I guess a, a couple of things that we try to to look up like what is what is some no what are some no brainers, right? To put to put your money in. And, you know, a lot of the suggestions that we have aren't, it's not going to be on point, but it's places at least that we can say for right now, you can make a little bit of a return from it. I think lately, I've been looking at this a lot too, is there are certain savings accounts that are promising really high returns. And, you know, Shikar was just telling me about how some of these creditors that we have in, in the U.S., are offering ridiculous rates for keeping your money um, in just savings accounts, highly liquid accounts where you can still pull your money out and et cetera. Yeah. This is going to be the same case, you know, in the UK for some of these, these financial institutions. They kind of want your trust. Since it's really high rate environment right now, they can afford to give you rates for savings accounts that will be a little bit higher than the last how many, three, three decades that we've had, right? So like, a no-brainer for me, I guess, if I was looking for somewhere to park my money that's still kind of liquid, is probably going to be a savings account. Um, if you're not so dependent on having liquid cash all the time, then you can go a little bit uh, higher with the rates that you're going to get for your accounts because certain financial products like CDs, Certificate of Deposit, right? You keep your money in there for a minimum of six months or could be six years. Right, um, and they offer higher rates for those kinds of things. So if you don't need that cash now, that's one place you could think about putting them. And another obvious thing I can think about are probably U.S. government bonds. Honestly, the T-bill, you know, because at this point we still have high rates in the U.S. Yeah. And because money is flowing into the U.S., it's largely viewed as a safe place to park your money. So yeah. maybe that's another thing you could do. That's essentially investing in dollars, right? <laughs> what do you think? 
Yeah, I was just looking up um, the savings account rates uh, in the UK, and um, there are a lot which is at the three percent mark. So uh, you know, I think that's that's pretty good in itself. Three point three five is what I'm seeing right now. Um, so that is more or less the same as the T bills, right? T bills are at four, I think. So more or less the same thing. So. It depends on their convenience and the fees that they have to pay on these. But an easy way is just kind of park it. Also, getting property if you have to pay for a mortgage might seem a little unintuitive right now <laughs> because of yeah. that mortgage interest rate that we we're talking about increasing. So it costs a lot more to service your debt. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the general things that that we found um, were some of the things that you could you could think about investing in. Um, yeah, so I, I think this was pretty interesting to chat about like another currency that has been dominating the markets, um, you know, back in the day. <laughs> Once a seemingly really important economy is starting to become less and less relevant as these global um, economic shifts are happening, right? Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting to explore all these currencies and how it's affecting the people that that live in these states. Um, and you know, as we look at it from the eyes of, of people who live in the U S it's a little harder to think about, you know, what is actually happening on the ground. So a lot of help from the research that we're doing, please let us know what you guys think about, uh, what we had just chatted about today by going on things have changed podcast.com, giving us a few reviews. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. This has been really enjoyable to cover the currency series. We'll cover a few more currencies going forward. Look forward to hearing your feedback about those as well. And yeah, as always here, here at THC, stay curious. <laughs>